0: Father, in the name of Jesus, we've come to drink of your fountain. We ask for a revelation of your spirit, that we will be changed by your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Glory to God. All right, please say with me, be anxious for nothing. Yes, I want us to begin that way. Say it again. Look for someone around you. If you need to hold them, you're in your houses, so you're with people you can touch. Hold them, shake their hands, all right? Give them a high five and tell them, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. What a wonderful time we had last week, Wednesday, setting the bricks. Trusting the Lord that this evening we will have been instructed exactly how to do petition that works, how to do successful supplication, how to come to his presence with requests. Glory to God. Luke chapter 18 verse 1, everybody, I believe, knows this scripture right now. In addition to John three sixteen, this is probably the one scripture that's it's it's spinal it's subconscious Luke 18 verse 1 and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men that women that boys that girls that ladies that gents gentlemen all right, that organizations that pastors that prophets apostles ought always to pray and not to faint always to pray And not to faint. And this is where we started from the air I breathe. Seeing prayer as a necessity for the believer. Glory to God. In the month of April, we're standing on Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Last week we looked at the background of this epistle that Paul wrote to the Philippians. All right, from verse 6, he says, Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. It says, do not worry, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, and the peace of God. I want us to start paying attention from the get-go that he doesn't say in verse 7 that these requests and supplications you've decided not to worry about. It doesn't say these things that bother your heart that you've decided to bring to God with thanksgiving. It doesn't say and God will grant the request. It doesn't say God will grant the petition. Of course, we know our God answers prayers. Of course, we know that especially as we learn how to do it properly, we see results. But it says that the the results will not come spelled R-E-S-U-L-T. The the results will come spelled P-E-A-C-E. God's response to your petition and supplication is peace. He says that the peace of God, which permit me to paraphrase, makes no sense. Shall keep your heart. Please let's pay attention. We'll break this down shortly. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8 He says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. It says, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, these are the things you and I should think on. Glory to God. I said glory to God. So how exactly do we do petitioning? How exactly do we pray the prayer of supplication? By God's grace, next week we will do a quick recap what prayer is, what prayer is not, the prayer of thanksgiving, things we've learned in the past, prayer of intercession, spiritual warfare. We'll just do a quick recap. Just, I, I, I don't know why the Spirit of the Lord is leading us to do that, but I guess when we obey, we will understand why. Um, but in this conversation on petition and supplication, the question is, how exactly do I do effective, solid, petition, supplication, that I can leave the place of prayer with this guaranteed result that the peace of God will come. That I know that I have come with this heartbreak, I have come with this need, I've come with this challenge, I've brought it with thanksgiving, I've tendered it up to the throne and I can live with peace knowing that it is done. It is done doesn't necessarily mean that it is solved, but I already have the guarantee, the deposit of his peace. I already know that this, there is nothing here to worry about anymore. There is nothing here to worry about anymore. I look at our times, I look at our environment, I look at the interesting periods that we live in. Many people are wallowing not only in fear, not only in hopelessness, but in severe worry, there is deep uncertainty. What will happen tomorrow? What will happen next month? What will the government, you know, spin out? What, what will now, thank God, vaccines are moving fast, but what if somebody wakes up and discovers one strange variant? All right, there are so many uncertainties in our world. Students are in school, at home, in school, at home. Parents are at work, working from home, working from home. Some lots have lost jobs. Lost, I've lost a lot. It's a difficult time, all right? And, and the Word of God is saying, do not worry. Hey, how exactly do I do that? It says, be anxious for nothing. How exactly do I do that? I need to be seen to be, you know, and we say this, worrying is not the same as thinking. Planning is not the same thing as, you know, there is, there is activity without movement. There is, there is just circling. Some people love to worry. It's like a gift. It's like a gift. They just see you and they just begin to worry on your behalf. And they wonder why you're not worried. In fact, they are worried that you're not worried. It's like a gift. And some of us are saying, we found peace. It's not like I don't see what you're seeing. It's not like we don't watch the same news. It's not like we don't live in the same city. All right, we might live in the same city geographically, but some of us have left, some of us have discovered Goshen. It's a place of separation, it's a place of light, it's a place of peace. How? That is exactly what we are talking about this evening. Trusting the Lord that in the brevity of the time that we have left, we will unravel. And I pray this is the kind of teaching you want to bookmark, this is the kind of teaching you want to share. It's one that we will refer to. Myself, I go back to this teaching so that I can be blessed. All right, be anxious for nothing. Part one has blessed me richly because I went back. I'm going to go back to this also over time so that I can be sure that I am doing petitioning right, especially in the the, the privileged office that God has placed me to serve. I need to be sure that as I bring the needs of the people before God, I can live with peace, knowing that certainly they will return testifying. All right, so I want to encourage you, open your hearts, receive God's word this evening, expose yourself to him, come open to receive of his life, to drink of his fountain, and I trust that together we will return with amazing testimonies in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, how exactly is effective petition done? How do we bring supplications that will guarantee receiving the results of peace? Seeing God's perspective, getting God's lens, knowing that this is a small thing before our God. Number one, If you are ever going to receive the peace of God, number one, you must definitely have peace with God. Number one is that you must have peace with God. You know, we said this last week as we're rounding up. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. This was a letter written to brethren. If you do not have Jesus, if you have not been justified by faith, be very worried. Be very worried. Things I, some of us, if you revisit the crossover service, not a lot happening in 2021 is surprising because the Lord told us ahead that there are going to be strong winds and we can see the strong winds if you put on the news for 10 minutes, 10. 10 minutes is too much. Five minutes, you see the breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. You know, sometimes you want to turn off the TV and wonder, is this news from the same world I'm living, the, 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 the tone of the news is apocalyptic. It's as though the end has come. <laughs> and then you find some people who are still rejoicing, some who are still, you know, testifying, some who are still saying, God just did this. You know, I am wondering what planet are they from? It is because, number one, we know that the peace of God is God's response in the place of prayer. However, we have settled peace with God God is not annoyed with me. I have peace with God. I have access into the place of his presence. If you do not have this access, you cannot attempt petition. And this is not just for unbelievers. This is not just for unbelievers. I've noticed the reason why many people will gladly, gladly go to a prophet, go to, look for an apostle, look for an evangelist, pray for me. And while they will believe that prayer, rather than their own prayer, is because they believe, not just that the prophet or the apostle is more anointed, but because they know that person has a higher standing. And the, the, the real thinking behind that effort and that commitment is a sense of guilt. God is not really happy with me, so I can't present my petitions to him. God is, God is not really, you know, they, they've allowed the enemy. I'm talking about people who are believers. They've allowed the enemy to suggest to them that there is still guilt left. The Bible tells us, Romans chapter 5 verse 1, it says that therefore being justified by faith, that means being made righteous. That's the first key to unlocking petition. If you come in to ask someone that you know, is annoyed with you angry with you you can't truth is you can't even ask anything and at best if you ask i don't don't know about you if you've asked things that you know there is no way i'm getting that (laughs) you know parents sometimes our kids do it they just literally just try their luck they throw the cards they know they they know what the answer is mommy can i have cookie they they know the answer but they're just like let's try (laughs) let's try child of god the place of petition the place of supplication is not the place we try it is the place we come boldly to with confidence not arrogance it's a place we come boldly to why because we have been justified by faith we have been sanctified by the blood god doesn't see me and see my inadequacies god doesn't see me and see that i didn't wake up 5 a.m yesterday amen glory to god I'm not saying you shouldn't, but there is a sense, there's this consciousness of his righteousness. That every time God looks at me, he sees Christ, he sees perfection. And this, this, this is only possible to get here by a renewing of your mind with the word. That really, this is what God sees. I have as much access. I can come boldly. He says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, it's His righteousness, the Father says. By whom also we have access into this grace wherein we stand, wherein we stand, not we guess, not we wallow, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So I say this as a starter. If you're under the sound of my voice and you do not have Jesus, you are living in dangerous times. I am taking the biggest risk ever. This is not a threat. This is actually an invitation that the best investment you can make today, I know the real estate market is hot. Precious metals market, hot. Crypto market, hot. I'm telling you, you know, man to man. The best investment you can make today is to fall in love with Jesus and to receive his life. That is your only guarantee for peace. That is your only guarantee for hope. No matter how much your real estate investments do, No matter how much your crypto skyrockets, there is a dimension of hopelessness that you can wake up and all those things are nothing and your life is worthless. And experts are warning us that that time is coming. As the pandemic begins to scrap up and economies begin to open, we have been warned. We have been prepared. Suicides on the rise. Depression on the rise. Mental health emergencies on the rise. But that is not for you. That is not for me. Child of God, we have peace with God. There is no guilt. There is no shame. We come boldly access into this grace by the perfect work of the blood of Jesus. So, number one key to successful intercession, pardon me, successful petition, successful petition. In fact, to successful prayer, all kinds of prayer, is that I have peace with God. I have access to his grace. I can come boldly. I know he's not angry with me. I know he's not angry with me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Just say with me, I have peace with God. I have been justified by faith. All right, someone needs that to sink in. I have peace with God and I have been justified by faith. All right, look for a neighbor. Look for someone on the chat section. Put it there. I have peace with God and I have been justified by faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. That's the number one key. We have peace with God. Number two, number two. Please open your hearts to God's word this evening. Number two is to depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity, and he says, "Sin." Depart from iniquity, iniquity. Depart from iniquity. Depart from every smell, every iota of evil around you you are coming to a pure god you are coming to a holy god you are coming with reasons you are coming with thanksgiving there are voices this is uh, i'm trying to resist the temptation all right as you come and submit your petition and at his rises as incense there are co-traveling voices co-traveling voices Some of them are voices of condemnation. Remember, Scripture tells us that the accuser, which accuses the brethren day and night, there's the the voice of the main accuser, but there are also voices of offense. Voices of offense that you have no credibility to stand and make any petition because there is iniquity hanging on your shoulders. There are people that you have assassinated, you have murdered, you have essentially killed with your words. You cannot, like James says, with the same tongue, offer life and offer death. Because our God is faithful, he hears. But we've, we've, we, we've made it look as if he's deaf. We've made it look, look as if he's uninterested. Because many of us want to keep our baggage of iniquity and evil. And we essentially don't want to come before the presence of this holy God. We want to treat him as an idol. On look, unlook, on unlook. Those other things, this is what I've come for. After all, I've brought stone and palm oil. Do what I want. That's the attitude of many believers in the place of petition. And God is saying there is this un- unforgiveness in that area. You say, I- I- have I not sowed my seed? Have I not fasted three days? Do what I want. And scripture is telling us it doesn't work that way. Psalms chapter 6. It doesn't work that way. You have to depart. You have to forsake iniquity. Psalms chapter 6 from verse 8. It says... Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. Another version says, workers of evil. It says, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. Crying there doesn't just mean tears. We will come to that shortly. All right. It says, the Lord has heard my petition. The Lord has heard my supplication. I have caused this iniquity to be gone. I have, I have, I have, I have ensured that I have not assassinated anyone with my words. And when I find that I have, I have come first... To seek his mercy, not just to act like it doesn't exist. Mm. Verse 9, Psalms chapter 6, verse 9. It says, the Lord has heard my supplication. I don't know if that is in your Bible. The Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. I have forsaken evil. I have forsaken iniquity. I have checked my heart for every offense. I have released everyone. Mm. It says, let all my enemies be ashamed and vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Why? Because the desire of my enemies, especially when, listen child of God, when, especially when the enemy discovers that what God is doing in your life cannot be stopped. Especially when the enemy sees that the destiny ahead of you is glorious. When the enemy sees that we cannot pull him down, we cannot pull her down. However, we can sow seeds of discord. We can plant micro-offense in this, in this person's heart, in that person's heart. And, and the psalmist is saying, here, is saying that even that won't work, you will return in shame because I found the way the Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord has received my prayer. Why? I have departed from iniquity, from evil, from backbiting, from gossip, from character assassinations. For murdering, murdering with our words. Mm. Matthew chapter 5. And interesting, I will, I will just read this. I trust that the Lord will help me not to attempt to, because of our time. Matthew chapter 5. I'll read from verse 21 to 24 in the Amplified. Um, this is Jesus speaking. It says, you have heard that it was said to the men of old, you shall not kill, and whoever kills shall be liable Two, and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the court. Now, that's deep. By the court. Mm. By the court. Let me tell you a story I heard. You know, as far as fragrance and petitions are concerned, we've not gone in that dimension, but I feel let's just to, to say this here. There is a voice of goodwill. There is a voice of goodwill. In northern Nigeria, it's not news that many are, the world is aware of the, the challenges in that region of the world in terms of the instability and unrest in some of the regions. And I had a true life story of a lady who has a network, interstate network of widows, widows in the northern part of Nigeria. She's personally responsible for sending their children to school, about 100 of them over hundred of them, sends the widow's money monthly, a stipend, just something monthly, all right, and that, that's just her. That's what she does in obedience, a, a believer, does that monthly, monthly. So suddenly, she was kidnapped by terrorists. And then the coordinator of that network All she had to do was to send just one broadcast to all the widows and said, Mrs. XXX has been kidnapped. Please pray. Hmm. When God heard the cry of widows, heard the cry of the fatherless, when they knew that, hey, the, the wrong guest's person, are you telling me nothing is coming? You might say it was, it was selfish for them, but she had found meaning. There is a voice of goodwill. In the same way, there is a voice, I'm not talking of the voice of the accuser now, which is the voice of condemnation. There is, there is, there is the voice, I, I, I permit you to call it the voice of iniquity. Saying, yes, this person has been justified. It says, but there is something that can be imposed in the court. Saying God, you are a righteous God. You can see. Let, let's go on. He hmm. says, and whoever speaks 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 contemptuously and insultingly to his brother, he says, shall be liable and unable to escape the punishment imposed by the Sanhedrin, which is also the court, Then, hmm. and whoever says you are cursed, fool. In the bracket there, it says, you empty that idiot. This is the Bible. It says, shall be liable to and unable to escape hell, gain or fire. Verse 23, which is where I'm going to. Remember, the presentation, when you see the word gifts, especially when it's referring to the sacrificial system, is an offering. It's talking of an offering. So it says in verse 23, if you are offering your gift at the altar, in our case here, this is not an offering if you are bringing your petition and your supplication to the place of his presence, and there you remember that your brother, this is interesting, has any grievance against you. This is not even you against them. <laughs> it says, leave the, leave the petition, leave it, leave the offering at the altar. It says, go first make peace. Hmm. So we've seen peace with God. We've seen peace with your brother, peace with men. And then, in response to successful supplication, we receive the peace of God. He says, drop it. Drop it. You are working in unforgiveness. Drop it. Leave it there. Child of God, I'm saying this to you, sincerely as someone that loves you, and someone that has seen many believers for many years, see no results in their Christian work. If offense, bitterness, unforgiveness, finds a place in your heart. You are just very strivy and contentious, fighting everybody, paying. Let me tell you, you will do well. And this is how I live my life. Anybody, and I'm saying this publicly because some have wondered, Alex, why don't you get annoyed? Why don't you? P.D., nothing offends you. Why? How? The how is by the Spirit of God, all right? Why is by the Spirit of God. Well, let me give you the, the background story. I cannot afford it. I can't afford it. In fact, what I've done is advanced forgiveness. If you, if you will annoy me next year, I'm forgiving you today. Oh, P didn't you hear what this person said. What this person, ah, I heard oh, about forgiving them. Glory to God. I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to look perfect, anyways. Ah, he says he's so humble. It's not that he's so humble, <laughs> he has his eyes on the target. When you begin to see the possibilities in his presence, when you begin to see what God has ahead of you, when you begin to see things that happen in a place of unity, in a place of harmony, he says, there the blessing is commanded. The place of harmony. We strive to keep the bond of the Spirit because we cannot afford offense. We can't. See, it is too expensive. You are saying, but I was really hurt. Yes, but the glory ahead of you is nothing compared to the heart. Let it go. You can't afford it. I can't afford it. I forgive people. In fact, sometimes they are not sure. I forgive lavishly. Because let me say this. When you release someone, you've not really done them a favor. You have, but the real person you've done a favor is yourself. You find your peace. You find that the Holy Spirit has space here. He, has, he, he can feel at home here. Some of some of us, if the Holy Spirit shows show us, show us how he's coping in our temple. He's just trying to find just trying to find room. Where can I? It's just ha <laughs> we are warriors, but our war is not with men. <laughs> We are fighters, but our fight is not with men. We are people of peace. Someone is saying, PD, you don't, you don't know, please move on. No, 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 I'm not moving on. I'm staying here. You won't see results in the place of prayer until you let go. He says, drop it, drop it there. Go and settle it. Go and settle it. He says, you don't know, I don't know the details yet, but you cannot afford it. You can't afford it. Let it go. And I pray that the grace that supplies victory in this area, working in complete forgiveness, of oozing the love of God, that that grace will rest upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. You know, there are people who have accepted that their role in life, their destiny, is to be the pushers of the boundary. They are the ones that push the limits. They are are just there to scatter. Please, leaders, heads of departments hearing me, you can condone any other thing. Do not condone strife. The moment you find it, you extinguish it. The moment you see it, you take it out, out, out first. In the name of Jesus, get out. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. No scripture, scripture. There, there are some scriptures that the devil loves, loves them aggressively. He says wherever strife is, he says every evil work abounds there. He's saying where you find one door, there is a door that can open. A master key to all demons. That door is called strife. There is no other door that has such power. Child of God, you cannot afford it. Number one, we have peace with God. Number two, we have departed from iniquity. We have departed from iniquity. We have, we have won the victory over offense. We have crossed that place. We are now people who are unoffendable. We are people who are very quick to forgive. You say, this is what, oh, I'm sorry, you have to forgive me. From the very bottom of my heart, I've forgiven you. I bless you with the love of God. I ah, are you sure? Are you? You say you don't understand. I'm very sure. I'm very sure. I, I know the greatness ahead of me. This is not where we pack. This is not where I will cap it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Number three key. Number three key is that you change your robes. You change your robes. Whenever we come to do supplication that will be effective, whenever we come to do petition that we'll see results, there must be a change of robes. There must be a change of garments. Of course, this has implications. One of the very first garments is the garment of sin that has been taken away and we have put on righteousness. But the emphasis here is a garment of praise. A garment of praise. Having fasted, having interceded, having done worship, All right, there is a need for you to switch your garments. Esther chapter 5 verse 1. Esther chapter 5 verse 1. The queen here was going to do very important petition on behalf of a nation. We know the background leading to this story. She was fasting. Her maids were fasting. Her uncle Mordecai was fasting. A few people who were in on the workings were fasting. It was now time for her to go do petition. It says in Esther chapter 5 and verse 1, Now it came to pass on the third day. It says that Esther put on a royal apparel. There was a need for her to get dressed in the robe that was fitting for the presence of the king. It says, and stood in the inner court of the king's house. Can you see? Petition is done in a place of access over against the king's house and the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. Child of God, if you and I will see results when we bring our supplications, when we bring our petitions, Paul tells us the secret. He says it must be done with thanksgiving. It must be done with incense of praise. It must be done with magnifying the God who you have brought the matter to, not the problem that you have brought to the God. What you see to God, <laughs> what you see many times is an amplification of the problem. You've come to the place of prayer, and you are just telling God how big, how big, how big how, you know, father, this can only be this can only, ah, this type, ah. Change your robes. Change your robes. Change your robes. First Samuel, First Samuel chapter 30. Someone is listening to this and saying, PD, there are some legitimate things that break your heart, that make you almost, almost lose heart. You, you don't want to say lose heart because you know what that means now. But, but almost, that can, that can hit you like a rock, like a mighty boulder. And I get you, I've been there. Trust me, I've been there. But let's see, 1 Samuel chapter 30. It is true that there are legitimate life events that will happen to us. It is true that sometimes the news that arrives at the door is not the news you're expecting. It is true that in life we go through very difficult, unthinkable, unspeakable, uncommunicable circumstances many times. Very true. But let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 30 from verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burnt it with fire. So real estate gone. Verse 2. And had taken the women captives, family gone, that were daring, they slew not, all right, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Hmm. Everything gone. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burnt with fire. Their wives were gone. Their sons were gone. Their daughters were gone. They were not just gone. It wasn't vacation. They were not on a on flight to, to Hawaii or Bora Bora. No, no, no. It says they were taken captives. It dawned on them. It's either these guys where they are dead or they are going to be slaves. Hmm. When that reality set in, it says David and the people that were with him, they knew the ruthlessness of the Amalekites. They knew. And then their response was that they, 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 they lifted up their voice and wept. It was intense crying. He says these were warriors, soldiers. They cried until they had no more power to weep. They cried. I don't know about you. Sometimes you receive some news and then you are there. They, sincerely what you can do is just to burst into tears and say, Oh my God. Oh my God, how did this, how cool this, oh my God. And that, that, that initial response is understandable. However, we cannot do supplication in that state. You can cry, it's fine. You can show emotion, it's fine. All right, as reality begins to, oh oh my God, no house of our head, no roof, no food. No... You know, sometimes that pain just, it just dawns like we are gone. <laughs> but, but child of God, we are never gone. We are never all Glory to God. But there must, there must be a shift, a change of robe, From that garment of tears, from that garment of, yes, this is the reality, from that garment of this sorrow has come here, yes, there will be a need for you to switch. Child of God, you can't do intercession crying the tears of shame, crying the tears of pity. Intercession is not, oh my God. No, it's not, oh my God, come on. No, 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 no. no. It is that God, look at what has happened. But however, I will brace myself. He says, and David encouraged himself. I'm on verse 7 now. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Abimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me either the ephod. And Abiathar brought the ephods to David. The verse before that tells us David had encouraged himself. That means he had found strength. Remember, he says they cried till they were weak. Physical strength tank, empty. But David had another place he could dig to. Child of God, no matter how hard the storms of life are, there is a place we can dig to and find strength. We change our robes. We take it off. This garment of sorrow. (laughs) Devil, I know you had your expectations that I will receive this news. And I will question God. I will disconnect from community. I will stop showing up online on Sundays. My community pastor stop disturbing me blocked their number Wednesday I will not listen because God is unfaithful I have prayed I've never missed edifice. I've never missed 5 a.m. I was trusting God for this miracle I had composed the email in my draft I was getting ready to send and this is what happens God I'm done with you that is what the enemy wants glory to God but there's another kind of generation that can dig into another place and say you, enemy, you won't get what you want I'm going to change my robes here I'm going to switch from this, this, this gloom of sorrow, this atmosphere of demons that they love to rejoice and dance in, and I will bring in a fragrance of praise. He says, with thanksgiving. Mm. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. I will switch from my tears. It reminds me of Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. It says, to appoint unto them that mourn. In Zion. We are in Zion. Why mourn? Because life happens. Because we are not immune from the realities of life. But we are promised hope. (laughs) We are promised that this is never the final chapter. This is not the full stop in our story. This is not how we end. It says to give them beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. Can you see that? There is a switch of garment. The garment of praise For the spirit of heaviness. Child of God, it's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. But don't wallow in that garment. Switch it fast. Put on your garment of praise. Say, Father, this praise reminds me of a song by Dom Hear these praises from a grateful heart. Sometimes you can't sing that song. You are saying, Father, hear these praises from a heavy heart. Here, this praise is from a broken heart. However, these broken pieces will still give you praise. These this, this confused pieces will still give you praise. Why? Because you are God. You are God. Circumstances don't define you. You are God. Mm. When you switch it, confusion sets in the camp of the enemy. And then you can come with those royal robes. And you come with your petitions. Say, Father, you created the heavens and the earth. You are the judge of the old earth. You can turn this around. You can turn this around. It it might look like the property is gone. It might look like the family is gone. It might look like the investment is gone. But you, Father, you can turn this around. I will praise you. I've come. Glory to God. Glory to God. Number one, we have peace with God. Number two, we have departed from iniquity. No no place for offense. It's for our own good. Our own good. The the, the speed with which we release forgiveness is for our good. Number three, you have a change of rooms. Number four, please pay attention. It gets deeper. Number four is we learn to pray with the word. We learn to do intercession with the word. We learn to do intercession with the word. Listen to me. Listen to me, child. I don't know whether to come this way or that way, but I need this to feel like face to face. I need this to feel like me talking to you right there in your homes, right there in your houses. Every prayer that is not anchored on God's word, is vocal exercise. Okay. So I PD that stuff. Pity that stuff. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, don't call it prayer. When people say, oh, we have prayed, we have prayed. Sometimes, don't just say, don't discount check. What do you mean by you have prayed? What have you done? We took the matter to God. Okay, we took the matter to God. How did we took the matter? Pardon my French. How was he taking to God in prayer? Ah, we told him, God, you had the one that said, you had the one that said, so it's kind of. So, what promises do you stand on? Promises? Believer, we have no time for vocal exercises. The time is ticking. And this is the season for warriors that we do solid, solid. That in the place of prayer, every moment is a moment of victory. We don't pray. We don't don't just pray ideas. We don't pray stories. We don't pray movies. And it's amazing. These are some of the things that people love. These are some of the things that people love. You see people go for two-hour prayers, not one scripture. Not one word to stand, not even one. Two hours. All the prayer points are just movies. Movies. Hmm. Brethren, I watched this movie. In this movie, the mother says she loved her children, but she did not really love them. Or each child is a leaf. Each child is a leaf, according to the movie. And these things are true. That's how they just translate it into the supernatural, into the spiritual. These things are true. These things are true means now we have brought the movies into the presence so therefore the first prayer point is every leaf every leaf you see people vigor and i say what what are you standing on what word are you standing on thank god and i say this with humility and also with pride that as a ministry every time we come to his presence we are standing on his promises we are standing on his word we are not just coming with our emotions we are not just coming with our feelings we are standing on his word Every day, 5 a.m. to 6. Glory to God. Glory to God. I won't stop. Even when all of us join, I won't stop. Because the Lord is multiplying our influence. And we are not just raising the people of prayer locally. We are raising the people of global, global giants. In the mighty name of Jesus, learn to pray with the word. Let me show you something I wrote in my notes. I said the biggest investment you can make while going through any situation is to find out what God's word says about it. It says, bring me the effort." Let's inquire. Today, you, you have a sure word of prophecy, scriptures. And you can go there and inquire. To inquire means to seek. You are now looking at this situation. What exactly God, does God's word say about this diagnosis I've received? What does God's word say about this trend and this pattern I see in my family? What does God's word say about this poverty that that just looks like it has come to stay? What does God's word say about this situation in my workplace and these people ganging up against me? See, those are the real preparatory phase for successful supplication. John, you, you know, and when you, not even a point like this. We can't just say a point like this and move on. No, it's scripture. That's the only sure thing in the world. Scripture is God's word. Let's go to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Let me show you. It is extremely important to pray with the word. It is extremely dangerous to pray without standing on God's word. You, 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 you come with air. Anytime you do that and you've not prayed. So don't count it as prayer. Don't tell me how long it was for. John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24. I read from the Amplified Version. It says, And when that time comes, you will ask nothing of me. You will need to ask me no questions. It says, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, that my Father will grant you whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. This is Jesus giving us a very, very deep secret. It says, if you can learn to unveil this in my name, not just a random name, but as presenting I am. Follow me. It says that if you can leverage on I am, if you can leverage on I am, and how do we know what I am is? It is through his word. I will show you shortly. That the concept of Yahweh really is a revelation of Jesus. I am that I am. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Verse 24. It says, up to this time, you have not asked a single thing in my name. Isn't that? I don't know how you read your Bible sometimes. But I'm reading this. And I'm saying, boy, Jesus, what do you mean? We've gone for vigils. We've done five hours. We've gone for prayer meetings. We've done 10 hours. We've, 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 and I say, we've asked nothing. It says, you didn't do it in my name. It was not in accordance with my word. Yes, your 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 document has arrived at Parliament, but it, it was not properly drafted. We'll send it back. Wow, but Jesus says something here. He says, "But now ask, and keep on asking." He says, "And you will receive." So that your joy... The reason why I'm reading this from the Amplified... Is because it says something about his name... But remember we are really talking about his word... And I will show you that the name Jesus means there... If it's in your Bible you can see it's in caps... That name there is talking about a person... He's talking about his word... The integrity of his word... And I will show you... It says by now you ask... He you says but now... Ask... Keep on asking... You will receive so that your joy... Your, your joy... Your gladness may be full and complete... He's saying, "Don't." I know some of those prayer points sound very nice and powerful, but any, 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 any basis that is not the Word of God, any foundation that is not the Word of God, is, is sinking sand. Oh, but I know someone who prayed it and they saw glory to God for their life. They stood on on sinking sand and they did fine. I can't risk it. Maybe it's the day I want to do sand <laughs> that you discover that this thing is not is not solid. But when we come on this, on the confidence of God's word, you already are at peace with God. You've you've come magnifying his majesty. You've departed from iniquity. You've come with words of adoration, with thanksgiving. Then how do you do your petition? It is written, Father. I have found it in accordance with your word. This is what your word says. Therefore, that is how we do petition. The one that we will see results Psalms chapter 138 verse 2. To show you that Jesus was speaking about a specific name here. Psalms chapter 138 verse 2. It says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and for thy truth. There is a colon there. It says, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Can you see that? It says God has exalted his word above his name. Why? Why? His name really is what we call him. His word is what he calls himself. He's bound by his integrity. There is power in the revelations of his names. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Jireh, Sikenu, Mekadishchem, Sabaoth, El Gibor, El Elyon. Those are dimensions, revelations that men called God. He's saying, but when God was to call, he said, I am. That's what Jesus was saying. So God has magnified his integrity above what he has been described as. Boy, oh boy. Revelations chapter 19. This is, this is, someone is struggling with this. I say I can't just, Revelations chapter 19, verse 11 to 13. Revelations chapter 19, 11 to 13. They can please put it on my screen. Revelations 19, 11 to 13. Thank you. It says, listen, listen. This is a picture of the resurrected Christ. It says, and I saw heaven opened. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Child of God, you're on the victorious side. <laughs> you're on the victorious. Forget that the circumstance is making you look triggered. You are on the, the victorious side. Thank you, Jesus. It says, And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. I could just stop there. Faithful and True. That... You see, nothing else is reliable. Everything else could have changed yesterday. The policy could have changed this morning. But there is something that has never changed from eternity. It's the solidity and integrity of God's word. He says this is what we bring to do supplications with. Faithful and true. And in righteousness, He does judge and make war. Let's look at verse 12. Verse 12. Hmm. It says his eyes were as a flame of fire. His head, many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew, but he himself. Ah. So what is this name? Please, everyone, everyone, on the line, Revelation 19, verse 13 in your Bible. Pralika ando sipayakata. On the line, verse 13 in your Bible. On it. It says, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called Ha. Ah. The word of God. Mic drop. The word of God. Child of God, always pray with the word. Invest in finding the scriptures that we we come to his presence with. And it's the revealed word that is, you, you come with it, it is written. This is what your word says. it's okay, I've cried, it's fine, I've cried, I'm human, I've cried, but I won't stay there, I won't stay there. I've gotten up, I've switched my robes, and then I come and say, it is written. It is written. This is the letter that has been brought, and you bring the letter, it is written. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So number one key to successful petition and supplication, we have peace with God. Number two, we have departed from iniquity. Workings of evil, murderous speech, and assassinations of people with our words, offense, strife, all of that is, is gone with. We do have peace with men. The most stubborn, the most difficult, me, I have peace with you. You might still be annoyed with me sincerely. I, I, I love you to stupor already. <laughs> Number three, a change and a switch of robes. Key number four, we learn to pray with the Word of God. This is extremely critical. Extremely critical. Key number five, listen to this. This is victory for someone. Key number five, we secure victory in the heart before we secure victory in the mind. This is powerful. Please do not gloss over this. We secure victory in the heart before we secure victory in the mind. Now, sometimes they may happen simultaneously, and when that happens, it is called the gift of faith. All right? There's no time to break that down, but I'm sure in previous lessons, we've talked about saving faith, which is the justification received by faith, which is everybody has to receive the finished work of Christ by faith. Talk about the fruit of faith, all right, which is a manifestation of love, which is the character that the spirit bears in us by virtue of his work in us, all right? And then there's the gift of faith, which is a power gift. It is the one that bridges this gap, that heart and mind catch up together. However, many times and usually, there is victory in your heart first before there is victory in your mind. There is confidence in your spirit first before there is manifestation in your world. All right, let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, our anchor text. It says, listen, it says, The peace of God which passes, all understanding shall garrison your hearts first and your minds through Christ Jesus. It takes a strong heart to have a solid mind. It takes a, a solid spirit to have a solid mind. What this means, child of God, is there are moments where the matter in your face is staring you so, so terrifyingly that as far as your head is concerned, you're like, there's no way. But somewhere in your heart where faith has been built up, you know there is a way. Even though your mind, and many Christians mix this up. They say, I'm still doubting because you're doubting in your head and it's fine. Where you must not doubt is in your heart. The the location of your confidence in your spirit, man. I know that I know. I believe that my God will. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how. My head cannot especially those of us who are very logical and calculative. Sometimes this faith thing looks difficult. Don't complicate matters. Let your head keep calculating. Let your heart find rest in God. My heart is secured. It's settled in my heart. My mind will catch up later, but it's settled in my heart. Let me show us Mark chapter 11, verse 23. You know, it's Romans 10 that tells us that the instrument, the tool for believing is the heart, not the mind. The mind is where we are convinced, where logic adds up. The heart is where true believing takes place. So if you are waiting for your mind and you, no, 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 faith is there, is right there. Say, I believe God's word has said it. I believe God's word has said it. I, am, I don't know how. I don't know when. Or I believe God's word has said it. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. For verily, this is Jesus speaking. Verily I say unto you that whosoever, it doesn't say when it is PD. It doesn't say when it is our general overseer. It doesn't say when it is the archbishop. It doesn't say when it is the prophet or the apostle. It says whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed. And thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Can you see that? And shall not doubt in his heart. Can doubt in his head. She can doubt in her head. Because the pain is still there. The symptom is still there. The bill is still looking at us on the table. The deadline is still ticking down. The reality is there. My mind might not be able to... This is not a realm of logic. Glory to God. He says, but there is a place where I do not doubt in my heart. Deep in my spirit being I found confidence in God. He says, But shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He said, He shall have whatsoever is yet, she shall have, they shall have. Child of God, leave your mind to continue its calculations. All right, there is a now. Let me balance this: there is a fullness of your heart that spills over to your mind. That's where you now find disciplined speech. It's a proof of maturity. Disciplined speech. Disciplined speech. Where what is flowing out is from your heart, not your mind. For instance, you are not saying what you are seeing. You are not denying what you are seeing, but your speakings are consistent with this confidence of your heart, which is what God's word says. So that's your predominant confession. Your predominant pe- confession. Glory to God, these bills are paid. Glory to God, our days of poverty are over. Glory to God! You know those are speakings from the heart. You are not denying that it is there. Glory to God! That I walk in perfect health. Glory! That is that is speakings. It's a it's a sign of maturity. All right. But pending that time, do not doubt in your heart. That is the precursor for hopelessness. When the heart has finally been convinced, mind continue playing games, play games, calculate, discalculate, uncalculate, differentiate, calculuslate. <laughs> Glory to God! glory to god we secure victory in our hearts before our minds and don't allow your mind to play games on you let me tell you your brilliance should not be a disadvantage that god made you intelligent should not be a disadvantage i've seen many believers that are very intelligent and gifted i say this with respect not implying that some are not brilliant or intelligent but i've met people who are extremely intelligent and calculative the moment you say, "pump," they've processed, process, 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 And they find it difficult to walk in faith. Their minds are too strong, apart from the fact that you've fed your mind more than you've fed your spirit. That's why it's important to invest in your spirit, man. Invest, invest with the word of God. Some have read books, they've read theses, they've published papers. They've, they, they just know too much to be able to walk with faith. They know too much. I'm not saying you should know less. I'm saying you should know more of God's word. No more of God's word. Invest more in building your spirit, man. In cultivating your heart. Glory to God. Glory to God. So let's do a quick recap before we go to the final key. And the final key is an interesting one. Key number one, we have settled peace with God. Key number two, we have departed from iniquity. We now have peace with our brethren, peace with men. Key number three, we have changed our robes. We have acknowledged the reality. We have acknowledged the circumstance We have permitted ourselves to cry, to mourn, whatever. But at some point, there is a switching. There is a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. All right, key number four, we have learned to pray with the word. We have learned to bring God's word as the basis for our strong reasons. We have brought his word. We have not brought our ideas. We've not, see, it's not even testimonies that we bring. Oh, Father, thank you for sister You know, God has greatly increased us. I don't know what name I can use. So let's just say Sister Robinson. I don't think I know any Sister Robinson. For Sister Robinson's testimony. You did it for Sister Robinson, you can do it for me. That's nice to say, but that's not scripture. That's not scripture. That's not scripture. There are a lot of fads and, you know, words that just fly about, Christianese. They are nice words, but you don't... Those are not the things you take to the place of prayer. Key number five, we secure victory in our hearts before our mind. Your mind can keep playing games, calculating, all right, but there's confidence in our heart that God is able. That God is able. That God is more than able. That God is more than, more than, more than able. That this matter is, is nothing compared to my God. It's nothing, com- it, is, it is embarrassing to, to, to use. You don't get Your God is mighty. And I pray for you that there will be a revelation of his glory. A revelation of his might. A revelation that the next time a circumstance happens to you, sincerely, you will pity the circumstance. You will pity sincerely. God has worked on your heart so much. You are pitying the circumstance. So, wow. Opportunity for me to go learn more scriptures, to to dive into the word in this fresh dimension. You pity the circumstance that who who will come out of this. You, you, You should have never come. You should have never come. Glory to God. Glory to God. Key number five. Listen to me and write this down. Key number five is that you repeat key number one to five until your victory is secured. Did you hear that? Some might say, P.D., why is this a key? You know when, you know when Balak, As I remember, Balak, the king, Balak, invited Balaam, the prophet's donkey, um, all right, to come and curse God's people. He couldn't do it. But he found a way to make a recommendation. I can't curse them, but I can give you a recommendation. Part of what the enemy does to us, knowing that we cannot be cursed, we cannot be destroyed, we are untouchable. In Christ, we are untouchable. It begins to sponsor lies and it makes very credible people to perpetrate the lies. I say this with absolute respect. There is a popular notion that you do petition once and then just start thanking God afterwards. You do petition once and then just continue thanking God. Don't ever mention it again. So, key number six, by the leading of the Spirit of God, and I'll show a scripture. You repeat one to five until you have secured the victory. You know, the reason why we need theologies to to patch up some of the results or lack of of it that we see is because of this doctrine of impatience. This, This school of haste, that we've imported into the body of Christ. As though God were an ATM machine or a genie. And before I even make the request, he's already running. There's a prayer of importunity. There is a person that can handle that victory. That, that, that petition you're asking for, there is a person that, you are, that can handle it. It takes time to build that person. And God is saying, this is, this is not hard for me. However, look at who you are becoming. Look at the scriptures you know. Look at you now worshipping sincerely. Look at you doing solid thanksgiving. Look at who you are becoming. Now we can bring this into your hands because we know what you will now do with this. But the doctrine of haste never talks about who you are becoming. Is that the baby you are can handle. No, no good parents does that. No matter how much you love your child, love your son, even if you have bought a car in their name, you won't give them the keys to drive it. Why? Because there is someone they are becoming. There is someone they are becoming. Second Peter chapter one verse nineteen. Second Corinthians twelve eight to nine. I'm showing you a powerful truth from Scripture that you will continue these keys until the victory is secured. You will continue, and what is the victory? And the peace of God which passes all on. That's our answer. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. It says, We have all also a more sure word of prophecy. It says, Whereunto you do well. It says you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place. For how long? Until the day dawns and the day star arise in your hearts, until you hit the gushers, until you until peace breaks forth. The circumstance has not changed, but peace has come. Then you are able to get up. You are able to smile again. You are able to rejoice again. You are able to die. And people are wondering, do you know something we don't know? You say, yes. I know something. They go refresh your email. They thought something has come. You say, no, no, no. Something came in here. Glory to God. It's not coming in the mail yet. My inbox has not captured it yet, but my heart has received it yet. It's a confirmation of his peace. He says, until the day dawn and the day start. Arise in your heart. Please, child of God, thanksgiving is powerful. And we, we see, your petition is done with thanksgiving. It's not as though you do petition once, not thanksgiving. It's, it's with thanksgiving. We're ready together. We're ready together. There's something you are believing God for. You, you've seen the keys. Take it to him with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Let me show us 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 and verse 9. This is the mighty apostle Paul. He says, I can just read verse 8. In fact, I don't even have to read everything. He says, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice. He says, I took this matter to to God three times that it might depart. I took this petition three times. And God is saying, what you need is not for it to depart. What you need is a supply of my peace. What you need. God told him in verse 9, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Your your view of the result again is not R E S U L T. It is P E. It says, My grace is there, my son. My grace is there. Worship me, rejoice. It says, Most gladly will I ever glory that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Three times, Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, it's on your screen. Verse 42, and he went yet again. 44, and he went yet again. Some of us have prematurely ended our petition. Because of wrong teaching, we're told you ask once. After all, God is not deaf. No. Scripture teaches us there is a process of us becoming. It's an understanding of his grace. Understanding of his love. A settling of his will. That this is my father. He wants good for me more than I want. The problem is sometimes I don't even know what good looks like. Share this story with us a couple of times now in KICC. Some you might not have heard me share it. Of how when it was Christmas period, my dad would take us to a store to buy Christmas clothes. And he would tell us to choose. To choose. Choose any color. Choose. He would just tell you the number that you have to choose. Just choose. So, we know, you know, kids will just pick. I, I can't remember all those designers were called back in the day. I can remember Jim Jim. All right. All those colorful children's clothes, you know. You, know, you deck up ready to go and slay <laughs> on Christmas Day. And then we'll pick, we'll pick, we'll pick. And then he would say, okay, now that you're done picking, I want to pick. I'm, I'm going to, very soon I'll start doing with my kids. I'm going to pick one for you. If you see what he will pick, it will just look like, guess what we noticed? Every year when we went back to pick another set of clothes, the only clothes still standing usually is the one the father picked. Because your definition of good is colorful and flashy. His definition of good is because he knows what is good for you. He knows what is good for you. And it is my prayer that the word of God will find good soil in your heart. It will rest and it will bear good fruits. And as his children will begin to see results in the place of intercession. In the place of prayer, as we are tying up all what we've learned over the past months, whether it's intercession, we are doing petitions, supplication, thanksgiving, warfare, there will be a people with results to the glory of his name. Come on, just take a minute and say, thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your light that has broken forth. Thank you, Jesus, for a communication of your spirit and your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to your name. We give you the glory. We give you the glory. We can bring it up a bit. There's a song of my spirit. And normally will just wrap up. But I'm led to just do this. And as we worship in your presence, there is healing. The Holy Spirit, gentle touch, is flowing in Jesus. Make it personal. And Jesus, there's healing in your name. I say there's power in your name. And Jesus, I believe, I believe. And Jesus, there's power in your name. There's power in. Your name. One more time. There's victory. And Jesus. Yes, we believe. We believe. We believe deep down in our hearts. Jesus. There's victory in your name. Thank you, Father, for the anointing of your spirit chains have been broken by the power of the word revelation light has broken for deliverance has come i want to pray very quickly as many under the sound of my voice you don't know jesus as i said this is not to sensationalize but you have everything to be worried about if you don't have jesus but there is a place where you can be genuinely anxious for nothing genuinely worrying about anything Where your thoughts are not the thoughts of the world, the thoughts of the news, but things that are pure, the Word of God. I want to pray for you. For some, it's the first time you are making this decision. For others, it's the end time. Whether you are doing this for the first time or you are rededicating your life, it's my pleasure to to pray with you this evening. Father, I thank you for your sons, daughters returning to you, saying, I want to discover peace. I've searched everywhere found it nowhere else and now i hear that peace is in you hope is in you life is in you deliverance is in you everything i've been searching looking for elder skelter is in you my savior I acknowledge that jesus is the son of god he died for me He took my place He was buried now he is alive i receive your life come on say that with me i receive your life and i receive a feeling of your spirit Say it boldly. I receive your life and I receive a feeling of your spirit. Thank you, Father, because today marks a brand new beginning in these ones. Let your spirit invade them. Let their names be engraved in you, the book of life. Let them love and serve you for the rest of their days. Jesus alone will be glorified through these vessels. We give you all the praise for in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have... Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. If you can... Wherever you are, jam, jam, jam those ends together. Give the Lord a big shout! Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give via email at info@kicccanada.ca I-N-F-O, at or through our website at www.kicc another.ca slash donate but is doing amazing things now miss and i look forward to seeing you soon remember you're a champion but bless you